Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 17 or chapter 11, verse 17. Chapter 11, 17. Obviously, it's a long way I'd like to go with this. Uh, and I'm not going to get to it because I just really think that it'd be important that we hit these scriptures because this is vital to our church. It's vital. I, I, I know that the Lord's put it in my heart to really to uh, emphasize prayer, to extremely and strongly emphasize the need for and for us to pray. Prayer brings power to us. Prayer accesses us to what we need to be uh, 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 in our life, it comes through prayer. Prayer processes all of those plans. You know, uh, a couple great quotes that I'd like to once again reiterate to you is that I love this one. It says, prayer is not preparation for a great work or the great work. It is the great work. Prayer is not the preparation for the great work. It is the great work. The church is called to pray. We are called to pray. And I, I want to, first of all, uh, uh, in this, you know, just for a minute to say, I'll, I thank you for all of you who made the commitment this week to, to come and catch one of our prayer meetings, to, to, to engage in prayer here at Family Worship Center. We saw new faces, and we saw some new things happen, and some of our prayer meetings were more full than normal, and that's what we want. And last week was great, but this is another week for you to, to catch this vision with us. Because it's God's mandate to the church. It's the mandate for us to do it. And yes, it takes effort. I found out in life, things take desire and they take effort. And we have to make decisions to do them. We have to make choices. And prayer is one of those choices. I said this in the earlier service. And I think it's just as, one of the best statements that I could say is that as, as much as I've pastored now, this will be my 23rd year of pastoring this church. I've been in the ministry with my mom and dad when I was just a kid. I'm 54 years old. In between, I was working at churches on staff. And I have come to find out that the last thing that I see Christians do before they go to meet Jesus is they pray. I've been in those rooms. How many of you have been in those rooms with people who are going to meet the Lord? What are they doing on their deathbed? Praying. Waiting on the Lord. They're finding position with God. They're making sure them, that they're in the right place to be. Asking God for help one way or the other. Because sometimes it's heaven or heal. But, I mean, wherever you are, you've cut the last thing you'll do. You can be tired of everything else that you do in life. You can get bored and, and it, can, it, it can end. Because life does that. As we get older, no matter how athletic or smart or whatever it is that we, as we come closer towards the end of our life, we do less I don't run as fast as I did when I was 18. Anybody want to shout out amen to you? Amen. I didn't think I'd ever have a wrinkle on my face. I found out that wasn't true. I didn't believe that. I thought when I was younger, I would never have any of those things. I'd have older people, young, you know, I'd be out there playing sports when they just seemed slow to me. Now I'm that guy. I, I can't play as long. You do, your body tends to, to get to that place, but there's one thing that will never grow old that is totally necessary and will always be with you, and it is your prayer life. And it will maintain and stay all the way until your last dying breath, and it will always be effective. It is never less effective or less important than it is the first day you pray to the very last day you pray. And every believer needs to become acquainted with prayer in their life. We have to become serious about it. I found out it'll cause you to actually like people you don't like. Have you found that out? You know, my, my mother used to have a, a sign on her door that said, pray for your enemies. It'll drive them crazy. Anybody know that sign? I mean, there's something about prayer that transitions us. 
that transforms us, that causes us to think in a way that Jesus thinks, causes us to act in a way like Jesus acts. And sometimes when we, we look at our life and we realize what is going wrong and where we've missed it and where maybe something hasn't turned out right, let's look at our prayer life and see if it was equal to the task that we were in. Did our prayer life line up to the point that I would become what God called me to become? You can wear all the yellow bracelets you want to wear. It doesn't make you a Christian to wear a yellow bracelet. What makes you born again is when you do the simple things, reading the word and praying. Believers must pray. You and I must become more effective in our prayer life. If you want to defeat the COVID disease, now's the time to pray. If you want to overcome future sicknesses and deal with challenges, you don't wait until you're sick to learn to pray. Come on, you don't wait until you're challenged with storms to learn to pray against the storm. Come on, somebody ought to shout. I want everybody in the room to shout out amen. Amen. Come on, nice and loud. Amen, Pastor Steve. You have to shout and pray before you get to those moments. You've got to learn, and you've got to exercise your prayer life. It has to become part of the believer, whether you're young or whether you're old. It's part of your life, and we must become prayers. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to pray. Look back at him and say, you got to pray. <laughs> I see some of y'all aren't doing it. Do I need to come do it? Amen. I'll come into your row, sit down with you, and talk to you. We have to become prayers. I was in the youth on Wednesday night. You know, I try to do youth right now as we're transitioning and making decisions and doing all that we're doing. And so I do youth on Wednesday nights. And so uh, yeah, I'll do a service in here. And occasionally, you know, I'll, 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 I, I don't want to tell you how often I'm going to be in there and all that because then you won't come on Wednesday night. And I want you to come to service whether I'm in here or not. How I many Jesus is here whether I'm in the pulpit or not? And so, so I was in youth Wednesday night, and I, I gathered them in a big church. There's a lot of kids in there. I thank God for the number of kids. I think we were well over 50 in there. And so we're, we're in there, and, and the last thing I wanted to do is because this is the emphasis of our church is I wanted them to pray. So I gathered them around and said, okay, we're going to pray for a few minutes because kids don't pray long. So I knew it was like one or two minutes about all we were going to get. And so we started, I started praying, and nobody was praying. Now, first of all, that tells me you're not demonstrating prayer to them. Nobody shouted on that. We're waiting for hallelujahs. Go ahead, Pastor Steve. If they don't see you pray, they don't pray. I don't get in the car with my kids that I don't make them pray. I, I mean, we get in the car, we're driving down the road before we leave. All right, Stephen, pray over this trip. Let's pray, and he'll pray. Now, Father, take care of us. Make sure we're safe on the trip, whatever. But I, I have engaged them in a prayer life. If you've got kids that are going to college, you ought to call them on the phone and say, hey, listen, hey, pray for your mother today. Let's pray for your mom today. Pray for your family today. Let's pray over your schoolwork today. You say, why would you do that? Because you need to engage them in prayer and make that a constant effort in your life. If you're at home with your children during this season that we're talking about prayer, you ought to engage in prayer with your family. Take a few minutes over these few weeks that we're talking about prayer. And, and, and have a moment of devotion with your wife. Have a moment of devotion with your family. You don't have to spend hours, but you can certainly spend a few minutes to say, hey, let's pray for a minute. I know we don't eat at the table like we used to and make, you know, turkey and dumplings and all that stuff like we used to. I just decided I went and bought one of them air fryers. Y'all know what an air fryer is? I went and got me a ninja. Anybody got a ninja? Them things is bad, man. <laughs> I started cooking again with my ninja. So now everybody has to come home and eat dinner dad cooked. 
See, and, but it gives me a few minutes to sit down with everybody and say, okay, we're going to eat this, whatever it is. Let's pray. Amen. Find ways, find the ability, you know, before your children go out to athletic events, pull them aside for a minute. Hey man, let's pray over this day. Let's pray over the, your, your, your athletic abilities. Teach your family to pray. Become prayers. And now is a season. I feel so emphasis. I feel so much emphasis from the Lord that we engage in this conversation and that we work towards in getting our church to pray more. And though there were more prayers in the prayer meeting, I'm believing this week there will be a few more. I hope there will be a lot more. Somebody ought to shout out, amen, Pastor Steve. Now that you just guaranteed you're coming. We have prayer meeting Monday morning. We have prayer meeting Monday morning at 6.30, Monday morning at 9. We have prayer meeting Tuesday mornings at 6.30. We have prayer meetings Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. We have prayer meeting Thursday morning, Friday morning. We have prayer meeting at 10.30 on Saturday morning. Somewhere in these weeks that we're talking about prayer, engage in prayer. Make a commitment to say, you know, I'm going to go for that 45 minutes or that hour to the church, and I'm going to come in, and I'm going to pray. It won't kill you. I promise you, it'll only make you better. Somebody say, I get better if I pray. I found that I get closer to the Lord when I pray. I'm not talking about just, you know, bless this food, you know, bless this lunch. You know, I mean, I, I, I mean you know, just a, 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 a candid prayer that we pray. I'm talking about that you pray. That you're in your car and as you're driving down the road, that you engage your heavenly father in Jesus' name. That, that you're sitting at, at work and just for a few minutes, maybe time is down. You, you obviously have to be there to work if that's what you're there to do. But if time is down and you have a moment to just engage God. Amen. I mean, those of you that, that are in, in the driving business, there's people in this church that are, that are driving for companies and so on forth, so forth. What a great opportunity to take a few minutes to turn off that radio and turn on your voice to pray. Come on, somebody. I'm not talking about, again, not just, you know, bless this lunch, oh, this bunch, you know. I'm not talking about really praying. I mean, asking God for your family and praying over your marriages and praying over your futures and praying over future relationships and wherever you are, prayer makes the difference. Okay, okay. And then let me give you another statement. It seems that God is limited by our prayer life and that he can do nothing for humanity unless somebody asks him. This is a reality because of the way that God structured the earth. He structured it so that man was on the earth and had dominion. He set it up that way. And we were the custodial, uh, 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 we were the ones who had the lease or the custodialship over the earth. And then Adam sold that out to the devil and gave that authority over the devil. Jesus restored that authority to us and gave us back our dominion. But it is through his word that dominion occurs. That we take his word and put it over things. We take his word and put it and access the word of God to transform things. When we take his word, we bring his word to the front. We put his word on top of everything. And that's what produces. And so God has given us the ability to have that dominion back in our life. Prayer allows that dominion and that access to dominion to be available to us. We need to pray and pray out his word. Somebody say amen. It says here in Mark eleven seventeen, and he taught them, saying to them, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer? The nations, listen, my, my house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer, but you've made it the house of thieves. 
In other words, God's telling us his house, you and I are his house. Him living in us made us, his, made us our life, his house. He lives in us. He also, he activates himself in the, in, the, in, the, uh, in the church body, in church gatherings. But he's saying to both, he's saying to you individually and to, to, to uh, the church as a whole, his house will be called the house of prayer. I want you to say this, uh, God, said, God said, I'm a house of prayer. That's what you're supposed to be, a house of prayer. That's what God's called you to be. That's, that's the calling of God on your life. I want you to turn to Matthew 9, 38. Turn over there real quick. Matthew 9, 38. He says, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he'll send laborers into his field of harvest. It's his field of harvest. If the harvest is his field of harvest, why is he telling man, you have to pray for the laborers? Because God gave you the dominion and you the authority. And because of that dominion and authority, it is our job. The Bible said, he that winneth souls is wise. Look at your neighbor and say, you ought to be winning people for Jesus. That's every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's why we live for Jesus. That's why we talk like Jesus. That's why we keep our mouths guarded. That's why we do all the things that look like God. Because we're winning souls. He that winneth souls is wise. The most important thing any person will ever do in their life is make sure they're going to heaven. Somebody ought to say amen. If you're in this room and you don't know Jesus, there is a hell. And I'm saying to you today, none of us wants any of our family, wants any of our relationships, wants our mothers and fathers, our uncles, our aunts, our children anybody around us to go to hell. And if you do, something's really, really wrong with you. Where do we want them to go? We want them to go to heaven. It is our task. It, it, is, it is important because this is what will really matter no matter what you drive, no matter what you live in, no matter what, what you have on your fingers, no matter your hairdo, no matter how much makeup you bought, it does not matter in comparison to the largeness of how big eternity is. What we have for 70 years does not compare to eternity. Somebody say amen. And so we're always preparing for that. And he says, he that winneth souls is wise. How can you do that? Well, you don't always go out and preach. I'm not always preaching. When I'm at the grocery store, I'm looking for melons. Amen. I'm not in there to witness to everybody in the grocery store. When you're doing the things that you do, the tasks that you're available, when they're, when they're asking you to perform, those are the things that you do. But your life represents God. The way you act, let me tell you what you can do all the way till the day you die. You ready? From the day you get saved till the day you pass on and go to be in heaven, you can pray. He said, pray for laborers to go in the field. Every day there ought to be prayers in your life about people that you can either influence or that in some way get influenced. We're going to be amazed when we get to heaven when we realize the people that are there and where they're close. I mean, the Bible talks about mansions in heaven. Some are going to be close and some are going to be far away, I think. And, and I mean, this is my idea of it. I think we might get there. And when we get there, we might be surprised how many people are close to the throne. And we thought it would be that great evangelist we knew. And we'll ask the question, I don't understand why that lady is up there. And we'll hear the words, she was a prayer. I believe this. Listen, my grandmother was a great woman of God. 
Her and my grandfather evangelized the Pacific Islands. They, they went to New Zealand, Australia, Fiji. I mean, all those islands, Tonga, Samoa. She was in New Zealand, Australia. But she landed after my grandfather died in New Zealand and lived there. She and several other women started a church in Auckland, New Zealand that ended up being, when I was there in 1985 and 1986, at that time it was the largest church in the hemisphere. It was huge, an amazing church. And it was the Lord, amazing, powerful church. She never preached in that church. And yet she's in the archives as one of the great founders of that church. And what she's remembered for is that she never failed to pray. She was a prayer and prayed consistently, fasted every Tuesday of her life. I actually believe she did more in her prayer life and supported more of the gospel by praying for ministers than she would have done any other way. It was that prayer life that caused that church to grow and caused the ministry. A lot of these ministries you and I listen to today that are there today came from that ministry. Hillsong and those other ones, those people were generated from the prayer life of my grandmother. Don't you think there's a reward for that kind of faithfulness? And I believe this with all of my heart that maybe we've taken prayer and not seen it as valuable as it really is. As valuable as it is at getting me close to God. Listen to me. Everyone in this room, begin to pray and you'll find out the things that you need to change in your life. It's amazing. All of a sudden you'll know. It'll, you'll recognize challenges that you have. Things that are difficulties for you. God works with you and he makes you come more alive to the point that you can make those adjustments and turn those things around. Prayer is the key to this. And he tells us that the house of God is to be called the house of prayer. I want you to say it out loud. God God called me to be a house of prayer. What about Family Worship Center? Has he called us to be a house of prayer? Yes. Every time I go to Wilson Football Field or South Florence Football Field or West Florence Football Field, I realize this church prayed those stadiums into existence. This church. When I moved here, there was no target. We prayed Target in. How many of you like Target? Oh, come on. There was no Home Depot. We prayed Home Depot in. There were, there were I mean, the restaurants we go to, we begin to pray that Florence would flourish. That day has not ended. Those hours are not over. How many believe God wants to bring businesses, income, enlargement? He wants to enlarge your pay. Amen. With the gas prices going up, I need more money. How about you? Somebody shout out amen. Amen. I don't necessarily care whether, I I mean, it's fine. You want to shout about gas prices going down? I don't care whether they go down or go up. I care that I have more money to pay whatever it is. How many know God said he'll give me the desires of my heart? He'll withhold no good thing from those who walk uprightly. Come on, somebody ought to shout out amen. You're going to come through because somebody prayed you through. You are what you are because somebody somewhere in the distance was praying when you didn't know it. You're at the point you are, not because you're so talented, but somewhere, if we went back in your history and we look back in your life and we could go back to your forefathers, we'd find somebody who knew God and prayed you up and prayed for you and built you and strengthened you and anointed you and gave you power. Don't think you did it on your own. Somebody ought to shout, I didn't do it on my own. 
you young people in this room, listen to me. You can't do it on your own. Let God help you do it. Let God be your source. Let God be your strength. Let God be your anointing. Turn your eyes to the Lord. Let God be your situation. Let God be your strength and your help. Come on, somebody shout out amen. First Timothy 2, 1 through 8 says this. I will therefore that men pray everywhere. Men pray everywhere lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubt. Everywhere, wherever we are, God wants us to pray. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 25 says rejoice evermore. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 25. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. In, every, in, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ. I have people come to me all the time. They want to know the will of God, the will of God. I'm giving you the will of God. That men would pray everywhere. That men would pray and give thanks. Prayer is the will of God. It is God's will that you and I pray. And you ought to thank God for a church that's pulling on you this week. I know I pulled on you. I'm not done pulling. I'm not through pulling yet. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes by the word of God. I'm pulling you. Come and pray. Take that 30 minutes in the morning. Maybe you say, well, I can't come pray for an hour. Then pray for whatever time you can. If you have to show up late, show up late. If you have to leave early, leave early. But come, make access to the prayer room. Come. I, you say, well, I don't like that prayer group leader. You're not there to pray for the prayer group leader. doesn't matter whether you like the prayer group. Who said you had to like the prayer group leader? We don't need you to like the prayer group leader. We need you to pray. <laughs> Somebody ought to say amen. 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 If you don't like to hear me on Wednesday nights, don't come hear me. Come to pray. Come on, somebody. Come to pray. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. Listen to Ephesians 6.18. It says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. God wants us to pray everywhere, all the time, and in every kind of prayer, in every situation. And I want to encourage you again this week. I want to say to you, we've got to pray. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, we need to pray more. If you really examined your life this week, really did, really, really looked at your life, really looked it over this week, I want you to ask yourself how many minutes of this 24-hour day seven days a week, did you pray? If everything in life is equal to a tithe, that God wants us to tithe on it, then 24 hours would be two hours that we give to God. Now, I'm not saying get down on your knees and find a prayer room and all that, but in two hours of your day, did you pray? Did you find a way to acknowledge Him and acknowledge His presence in those hours? Did you find time to say, God, what is your will for me? What is your direction? Where do you want me to go? And I would encourage you that this week that we make the effort, we make the effort to become aware of the importance of prayer in our lives. Prayer is not preparation for the great work. Prayer is the great work. Listen to me, find a way. Whether you're a youth, a young adult, a college-age student, whether you're a working mom, a non-working mom, a homeschool mother, a housewife, a father who works every day and 
goes to work at nine. Find one prayer meeting this week. Find one moment to come to Family Worship Center and pray. I'm asking every one of you online the same thing I'm asking you. If we're praying at 6.30, can you set aside some time at your house to pray? You say, I'm going to pray with them this morning on Monday at 6.30 or 9. I want you to become prayers. I want to add to you a greater level of prayer in your life. I want to see you before you go out on, on the baseball field or the basketball court or you drive your car. I want to see you get in a place where you say, God, I can't do it on my own. Will you strengthen me? Keep my body safe. Don't let me get injured in any way. Father, don't let me get hit in a way that won't allow me to play. And put your trust in the Lord. And when you do, you're going to find that confidence. This is the confidence that we have in him. Why don't you say this with me? Say this with me. This is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, we know he hears us. And if we know he hears us, then we know we have the desires we've prayed for. That's what God said. And today I want to encourage you that we add to our prayer life, that we engage our lives in prayer greater. I want you to say this out loud, dear, uh, just say, Pastor Steve, I hear what you're saying. I believe you're right. And I am going to pray more and I am going to find some way to come to a prayer meeting in this church amen I want to make sure I don't put you and make you liars I want you to tell the truth amen I'm careful not to make you into a liar (laughs) I pray for you every day I pray for this church every day I pray over your, bless, over your finances and your health. I seek God for your, your blessing. I seek God that you come back to the place that you know is best for you. We're not talking about feelings. I don't have to feel anything. I have to know everything. You don't have to feel like you want to go to church. You have to know that's where you go. You don't have to feel like this is what you want to do. This is what you know God wants you to do. And we do what God wants us to do. Stand up on your feet. Father, I bless them this morning and I pray over them as we leave this house. I'm seeking you over them and for them, God, that this is a season for them to become greater in their prayer life. Bless them and anoint them as they go from this house. Keep them in all their ways. Bless them in all that they do. Jesus, I call them the head, not the tail. Above, not beneath. Over, not under. I speak it so in Jesus' name. And everybody in this room said, tell somebody you love them as you go. Amen. Amen.